Hi, I'm Reg Harbeck, and today I'm here with Sudarshana Srinivasan, who is the IBM Z Systems Advocacy Program Manager. Uh, Sudarshana, welcome. Um, great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Reg. It's great to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, you and I have kind of got to know each other over the uh, past few months or even maybe year, you know, and uh, started, saw you in person and share and such. And, and you've got such a fascinating story. Um, I, I'm almost at a loss exactly where to begin. But I guess, you know, like they say in the sound of music, you know, start from the very beginning, a very good place to start. I, I understand that you started on the other side of the planet and you already had a bachelor's degree by the time you got uh, to this side of the planet. Uh, maybe if you could kind of just give us a, a, a little bit of an autobiography of how you ended up in, in uh, the United States working with IBM. Absolutely. Um, you stole my line, by the way. I was going to say the, the beginning is a good place to start. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, I grew up in India um, in the beautiful city of Mumbai and um, went to school, got my bachelor's in computer science and moved to the U.S. to do my master's also in computer science. Um, so right after my master's, I've, I worked for uh, another really big company, a solid company that we all very much know about and knew of, right, Ericsson. Um, so that's the, that's my sort of foray into um, the tech world and being a developer and really working in one of these big kind of systems where uh, transactions are key. It's important mm. and accuracy is also important, right? You can't afford to mm. uh, miss and slip cell uh, cell tower uh, when you're going from one cell mm. tower to another, things like that. So I think that sort of is part of my um, journey is it's so interesting. I've always worked on big systems. It was never these little, mm. um, you know, uh, traditional IT roles or supporting applications, that kind of thing. It's um, so I've I've always fascinated being fascinated thinking about my own journey. But anyway, back to the back to my mm -hmm. uh, journey itself. I then moved up to New York. This was all in Dallas, where I went to school, University of Texas at Dallas. Um, and then I got married, you know, had a had my first kid and had to move up to New York. That brought in a short break in my career fairly early on. But that's when I was in Poughkeepsie. And mm. where, what is in Poughkeepsie? I mm -hmm. be Poughkeepsie. And that was my foray, if you will, into the world of mainframes. Um, my first job at IBM was a IBM firmware developer for our, oh. um, yeah. So I started with the IO coupling team, um, worked on the emulator project for a little bit, and then actually moved on to being part of the coupling facility team. So I've worked on, you know, some CFCC um, code and, you know, I can proudly say that my code runs on a Z13. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, so that's how passionate I am about a mainframe, you know. Mm. Uh, then again, you know, um, family and all of that moved over to California from New York, again, another break. And my mm. second stint with um, IBM, this time around, is on the ecosystem side of things with IBM Z ecosystem. Mm. This is where I now sort of have this role of an IBM Z advocacy program manager. And I'll tell you, Reg, I absolutely love every minute of what I do. So mm. but that's sort of 
the long of long and short of my journey to mainframes. Um, and what has kept me here is truly what this platform is. It is amazing. It drives the world, the world's economy, mm. you know it. And um, as an advocate, I talk about it all the time to everyone, right? It's something mm. we need to make we sure. We need that. Yeah, we need to make sure everybody knows, and especially that next generation. But that's mm. that's, that's a good conversation. Yes, and we sure perhaps have that. Um, you and I have very similar journeys. Uh, I started out uh, a much longer time ago than I like to admit to myself uh, through my computer science degree. And uh, then after a few jobs doing uh, early um, Intel work, this is pre-Windows, <laughs> uh, even Windows 2.0, if you will. Um, you know, I, I found myself in, very fortunately in, in my first mainframe job as a CICS or Kix systems programmer in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, and I was techie for quite a long time. And then after a whole bunch of other stuff happened in my life, uh, basically one year ago, this coming weekend, I graduated 35 years almost to the day after getting my computer science degree with a Master of Arts in Interdisciplinary Humanities and focus on the humanity of the mainframe. And so what you're doing is so right you know, in, in the, the sweet spot of that whole idea of the humanity of the mainframe, because we have been conned into believing that a graphical user interface counts as the humanity of something. And of course, you know, all of these things that are, are sometimes more like carbon monoxide to our system than, than oxygen, you know, have, have really kind of sidetracked us in a lot of ways on what we've always known was humanity until the advent of computing. And there's that need to rediscover it. And it's so interesting that the ideal platform in many ways to rediscover humanity is that very one that we used to kick at saying, do not fold spindle or mutilate me, you know, um, not just your punch cards, you know, that the humanities are just part of our humanity, but there's a part that we've substantially ignored over the past 58 years. And yet the mainframe itself, as uh, you know, as Dr. Fred Brooks himself said, the, the mainframe hardware was basically a, uh, uh, a platonic uh, ideal form uh, of you know the, the manifestation was you know so you've got these all these ideas uh, and if you read Fred Brooks's two books uh, about the mainframe the the mythical mythical man month and then uh, the the, the uh, designer design you see that he's harkening back to all these humanities and humanity concepts that were standard thinking before we let technology kind of you know cleanse us of that that said you know as you, you briefly related or related your your career and your journey and everything. I'm wondering if I can get you to rewind way, way back to the beginning in, in Mumbai and think about what sort of things inspired you, not just for technology, but also on that whole journey of technology to see the humanity in it, because I see that those come together in your current job. Maybe you can give us some insights about your own journey, about how the humanity became such a, a key part of being such a technologist. Um, so when I do rewind way, way back, the one thing that I will tell you is what really got me excited about computer science or technology as uh, in general was, again, I'm probably dating myself by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway, is my computer science lab in, I want to say, 11th grade. We had these little Motorola chips. I think it was 8088. And that's how I first learned to program with assembler, right? Mm. And when I saw these little you know, boards and we were programming and writing little assembler programs. I thought that was the most fascinating thing ever, mm -hmm. right? So that was my introduction to computer science, if you will. 
And what really got me interested in wanting to study computer science uh, as an um, in, in my academic years, um, you know, Reg, to your thing about humanities and, you know, mainframe, um, back to where, you know, when I rewind to when I was in college, um, software engineering 101 was a class that I had to take. And the mythical man month was something that we had to, um, you know, study as part of the software engineering process and a project for the class was to actually plan a software project and then see if you were to uh, if you were unable to you know meet a deadline would it really help throwing more people i mean that that's the, the real concept mm. there right of a mythical management just throwing more resources sometimes is not the solution um mm. so you know that that's one thing that comes to mind when we talk about you know sort of the the humanity and mainframe and and in my current role as an advocacy program manager, I really see it on a day-to-day basis, at least the way I see it. And if I were to interpret humanity the way, you know, in my mind, it is all about the humanity of, you know, the people, the 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 people and their feelings and you know, the the what what they what they see and what they feel about the mainframes and really getting them excited about the technology, even the next generation you know, that we're talking about, they may not know about the mainframe just yet, but it is it is in that process of us trying to get to them, to reach out to them, to engage with them. If I were to just go bits and bytes and talk bits and bytes, it's just any other platform. Mm. But the why mm-hmm. about mainframe, you know, what does it do for you? Can you believe it that every credit card swipe you do goes to a mainframe? You know, it's these stories that really draw that attention. It That's what really makes that connection and wants somebody um, who's new to the platform or hasn't heard about it, want, would want them to come and explore it more, right? Well, that's, this is important. You know, the, the, how do we pull people into something that, you know, some people misperceive the mainframe as being an antiquated architecture and everything like that. But that's like saying the wheel is antiquated because we have hovercraft. You know, uh, the fact is it's still the basic, you know, technology for the majority of, of uh, land-based transport. Likewise, in the mainframe, that for real business, um processing which of course it touches everybody it it still is the, the unparalleled technology um, but you know so often we forget that business is essentially about humanity uh I, i'm gonna guess you've probably had this chance to sort of see that connection of reaching out to people in, in a business role and helping them make that connection to the mainframe to the humanity and to the need to keep the future in mind as we try to get a generation in place Exactly. And that I think that goes back to my, my current role, right, as well. And it is about activating. It's one thing that I go, I enjoy speaking to the next generation, growing the community, but it's also about activating many more people to be able to become advocates. And so, you know, it's sort of that domino effect, if you will, right? So um, creating that community of advocates, creating that community of people who really will who already are so passionate about the platform, back to that humanity. I will tell you one thing, um, you know, what I have noticed and realized in my 15 plus years as a mainframer myself, is this is a, a community of people who are really passionate about mm. the technology they work on, the technology that they work with every single day. So, you know, for mainframers to go out and advocate about the mainframe, I think comes somewhat easily if I could use it, if I could say it that way. The reason I say that is mm-hmm. they're they're really passionate, right? 
So it's really, um, this is where I really enjoy because I'm able to now go out there and activate and get so many of the other passionate mainframers mm. to be able to go and further go and spread the joy of mainframe, if you will, right? This is so important. You know, um, one of the things that I've really been unhappy about it in my journey of trying to get the word out about the mainframe is that mainframers have been told to sit down and shut up by everybody who they might talk to for, you know, for since time immemorial. Um, and, you know, we, we have this tall poppy syndrome thing happening. Are you familiar with tall poppy syndrome? No, I'm not sure. Okay. So the idea behind tall poppy syndrome, if you think back to the original Wizard of Oz, there's one scene and there were just a carpet of red poppies that just went on forever. You know, and, and if you imagine if one poppy that was twice as tall as the rest of them, it would wreck the effect, right? Well, any organization large enough to have a mainframe usually has something like tall poppy syndrome as well. That, you know, they don't want people rocking the boat. They don't want you to have or exhibit abilities outside of just doing your job well and and, and more or less invisibly, you know, as, as nearly a commodity. And, of course, that's uh, on, on the one hand challenging for technology people, but those are the ones that who have been naturally selected to stick around in the mainframe, the ones who are capable of coming to work day after day, being 100% reliable and keeping their mouths shut, you know, which it makes one wonder how I've managed to survive in this uh, field. But the issue is you all these people who know how good the mainframe is. And they just needed permission to tell people this. And my sense is that's finally somebody doing that is yourself. Is you're finding a way to activate these amazing people uh, and get them to get the word out. And I'm curious about some of your experiences and ideas about how to do that. Absolutely. I mean, um, I'll talk about the, the whole IBM Z advocacy program and all of the resources and opportunities that we have for sure, right? Um, to your point about, you know, always being asked to shut up and um, not really speak up or, you know, the the comment you made got me thinking about when I was a developer myself as well, right? This is a few years ago. I would have loved to have an opportunity, right? If someone would have come and said, hey, you know, would you like to go speak to students about the work you do and, you know, about how amazing the mainframe platform is? I would certainly have raised my hand up, you know, and I mean, mm. that's something that's what I felt like I was missing. Um, and mm. so I personally feel this is my way and opportunity to really enable all such folks who are out in the development world as well, who might want to come out and speak at a conference or write a blog or create some content, because everybody has their own um, unique way of sort of showcasing and sharing their knowledge, right? Not everyone's going to be a conference speak, a speaker at a conference, but some folks might be um, good at creating short videos and, you know, blogs or, um, you know, mentoring. Mentoring is a great, mm. great way to give back and sort of groom that next generation. Um, here we are, here I go. I'm already throwing out ways that someone could advocate, right? It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a, a huge effort and additional sort of a side hustle and a job or something. It's just something you do as part of your everyday and having fun doing it. Like I said, it goes mm. back to that passion. It has to come from within. And the other thing is advocacy is not a one and done, right? It's a mm. journey. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. You're an advocate for life kind of thing, right? You will you do it because you enjoy doing it. And the more you do it, you want to do more of it. So it's it's um it's, it's a vicious cycle there. <laughs> well, you know, you you remind me of one of my favorite um, uh, tropes uh, is the idea of the overflowing cup. Uh, that when you fill yourself up with something sufficiently, it just naturally overflows. And I think one of the most common examples of that is somebody has a hobby they absolutely love, or maybe a card they love, something like that. That no matter what you talk to them about, somehow mysteriously that subject enters into the conversation. 
you know, because they're so full of that pastime that it's so important to them that everything relates to it, that everything connects to it. So it just automatically flows in. Uh, and for me, I think that's one of the things we have to give ourselves permission to do as mainframes, because once you've worked on the mainframe, you realize there's just nothing else out there like it. It's amazing, you know, in every dimension. Uh, and to, to allow ourselves to be enthusiastic enough about that, that we're not afraid of, of letting that overflow when we go to you know, our, our social events or service clubs or, or uh, you know, maybe even uh, you know, a religious community or, um, you know, or standing waiting for your luggage in, in the airport. You, know, that, you, know, you just end up in a casual chat with somebody and they say, what do you do? And you're not finding a way to say mainframe without saying mainframe. You know, they say, oh, I work on the mainframe. Oh, there's nothing dead. Oh, heck no. You know, and get excited about it. You know, and, and, and I think there, the time has come for us to all start doing that. And so uh, I really love the idea of, of you provoking that from people. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious what some of your ideas are about uh, other areas that go far beyond academia, school, and, and all these things, and, and really getting people to, to speak mainframe just because they're so enthusiastic um, so, you know, talking about mainframe, another one topic that, you know, a lot of gets a lot of flack is COBOL. And I know you and I share, mm -hmm. yeah. you and I share a, a common passion there as well, mm -hmm. with the mainframe project and the COBOL programming course and the COBOL working group. Um, one of the holidays, Halloween just passed us. Right. And I remember last year, it was a big, uh, decoration at somebody's yard, front yard, and it was all these programming languages with the oh. riff on it, like Tombstones Creative for Pascal, oh. Fortran, Basic, and there was one for COBOL as well. And someone shared that picture with me and that got me thinking, and I actually posted on LinkedIn about this last year, uh, right after Halloween. And I said, the irony of it is somewhere, some COBOL program ran to drive that transaction to purchase that COBOL rip Tombstone. Mm. <laughs> but I like it. Yeah, you know, talking about mainframe is dead and such, that that incident came to mind. Sorry, I digress. Um, That's fine. But, you know, to, advocacy is what I'm really passionate about. Mainframes, I'm, I'm absolutely passionate about. It is reality of our lives that we live. If we want to be able to live the lives we are so used to, mm. mainframes are an integral part of it. There is no denying mm. it. I mean... We could talk about it all we want, but there is no denying it. It's a fact, right? Um, mm. So that is that is one aspect of it. And um, when it comes to advocacy, like I said, it is all about really enabling and giving our um, community, that large community of folks who are willing to, who are eager, who want to, the ability and the opportunities and all of the resources, right? So that's where... Um, I enjoy my work because that means I get to put together a really strong program and I'm really looking forward to launching a brand new IBM Z advocacy hub, which is going mm -hmm. to be even, you know, which will make that experience even better, bigger and better for our advocates. So that is, that's what's cooking on, you know, my world mm -hmm. and I'm looking forward to launch that out to all of our community members. We already have a part of that um, uh, advocacy hub up and live already. So I could share a link with you, Reg, if that's something we could share with our listeners. Sure, sure. Um, and in fact, what I'll do is, is if uh, we can uh, just insert that link here uh, when we put together the transcript, is it a big long one or can you read it to us? Um, it's fairly easy. It's ibm.biz slash ibmz dash advocacy. 
come check it out and you know share your feedback as well we're like i said it is um we've soft launched it and we have some of our features there with some resources some opportunities we're looking to grow mm. it for many many more advocates to be able to tap into it and leverage and really go out there into the world and talk about how amazing this platform is it is the truth so it's our oh, it's sort of yeah. our role and job to go and talk about it right excellent uh i i have to admit that uh one of the ideas that comes to my mind right away is those little models of the uh, the Z16 or Z16s, I'd like to say, mainframes. Because uh, those, I think, are, are great, you know, because of that, that physical presence there. And one of these days, I'm hoping I get my uh, hold of, of one of those because I think those are uh, a great thing, a great conversation starter, among other things. And, you know, but all, all the, the uh, tchotchkes from sharing places like that that have that, that Z16 stuff on it, I think, are all great ways to start the conversation. And I think one of the beauties of, of mainframes is you know, we know something of real value. We know it's a real value. And so if we get permission to talk about it, you know, we have so much to say. Uh, yeah. In fact, one wonders if maybe one of the advocacy roles might be to give people some specific focus topics they can talk about so they don't have to try to boil the ocean. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that is exactly where even what the hub has to offer because there are smaller specific, because, you know, some sometimes it could be intimidating as well, you know, if you're not used to doing something like this. So there are smaller things one could do, right? Hey, come and help us socially amplify. Um, for instance, the IBM Z student contest is going on right now. A small little blurb mm -hmm. about it with a social tile to go with it. And off you go and you can, you know, be um, socially promoting the Z student contest, for instance. But it's a small activity that you could get started on advocating and all of the resources you need to do that is available on that hub that I talked about, right? So that is really what we're looking to do, which is to make that easy for our advocates to be able to advocate. Mm. Advocacy shouldn't be hard work. Advocacy should be fun for mm. an advocate. Yeah. And that is that is the goal of, you know, bringing this hub together and making it all you know everything that an advocate could think of um from an advocacy perspective available on that hub for them to get started mm. cool. now um you know as somebody who's been in the mainframe space for long enough to get a really good sense of it uh i'm i'm sure you have sort of a vision for where it's going to go that you get to participate in um that's so you're not just predicting you're kind of predicting you're saying here's what i'm going to do to make it happen um, it, it, maybe you could give us a sense of, of what the future looks like in the medium term and, and maybe long term, in in part as a consequence of the advocacy advocacy work that you're doing. Um, okay, so medium term, long term, the mainframe is here to stay, right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I I personally don't see it going away anywhere, um, mm -hmm. and uh, you know as much as we want to debate even. COBOL as being dead as much as mainframe being dead was a conversation. They're all, they're both going to be here. They're going to stay. That is, that mm. is the way I see it. Um, mm. And from, from an advocacy perspective, right? Mm. Because of all of what we are able to do today and get the word out, I'll tell you um, from several student events that I get to work on as part of my role, students are really excited to hear about this technology because they've never heard about it before. You don't know mm. what you don't know, right? And when we go out there and we talk to these students, the next generation technologists about it, 
they are really excited about learning learning about the fact that their credit card swipe ran on a mainframe. They did not know that. But when they know mm. that, it lights up a spark and they're mm. really curious to learn more. They're interested in wanting to learn more. And that's that's infectious, right? And then when they've learned about it, they're now going out there and talking to other students. That's the student ambassadors mm. that we have. So I think we are in a very good time um, from a mainframe perspective and keeping it um, going and sort of future-proofing the mainframe, we're in a really good time mm. in, in that historic timeline, if you will, Reg, personally speaking, Ooh. where we are, we're going to make this a really yeah. good future for the platform mm. by bringing on some really strong next generation technologists. And I think all that we are doing as a community together um, advocating for it and really putting the messaging out there is going to is is the trick that's really helping and I can see it there um, every time I go out and start talking to students and the next generation. Uh, you remind me I, I had the pleasure of interviewing Enzo D'Amato who is uh, a, a new mainframer who's got a mainframe in his basement and he's still in high school uh, amazing guy and uh, asked his uh, advice about what could make the mainframe a better place. And he said, make mainframes available to students and people who are at their learning stage in their life. Um, and so on the one hand, I, I, I joke about having a, a little physical model mainframe, which I love to have. But you know, I think that one of the more important things that, that is a bigger deal is that IBM is now making you know, pieces of mainframe that are human size available that, that you know, individual students and, and hobbyists and such can, can play with a piece of a mainframe, and, including on the cloud. Uh, and, you know, so here, here's the cloud, which in many ways is always being, you know, uh, not merely foreshadowed by, you know, mainframe service bureaus, but in fact manifested. Uh, so I, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are about uh, the, the increasing pervasion of mainframe availability in terms of the future uh, workforce and, and building the future of the, uh, uh, the ecosystem. Absolutely. I mean, um, and to, to the point about making it available, that is exactly what the I, IBM Z Explore learning platform is working, mm. it is for, right? It is for any learner, not just students, for any learner. And um, it provides you an opportunity to learn about the topics of the main, you know, that, that are related to mainframe, but not just learn in theory. You get to do hands-on and the labs are on a real mainframe, to your point, right, Reg, about they get a piece of a mainframe, a real mainframe, that they're working on. So that is that is something, again, you know, back to when I started my journey and started to learn, if I'd known of such learning opportunities, trust me, my learning journey would have been so much easier. But here we mm. are today. And that is why I feel like when I said, we are in a really good time in that historical timeline mm -hmm. of mainstream, yeah. is we have, we have the right, right resources in terms of being able to educate and get the next generation really learning about it, about a mainframe with access to the mainframe. I don't think we've ever had a point in time mm. where access to a mainframe was so easy. It is today, right? With the IBM Z Explore platform, it is, um, it's somewhat of a controlled environment and that's okay. It's an educational environment, but that ability to say that I worked on a mainframe you know, by doing all of the challenges on an IBM uh, on IBM Z Explore is something students mm. can say today. You couldn't a few years ago. Mm. Um, so I think this is this is a great time to be in this space 
And it is going mm -hmm. to just explode even more from a skills perspective. And um, the, the future is bright. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, Sudarshana, this has been an outstanding conversation. I have the sense that we're going to have a whole lot more, I may not record them, but, you know, we, we are really both engaged in, in a tremendously historically important effort and bringing more and more people to join us. Uh, and I'm just excited about that. Uh, before I finish up, though, any last thoughts you wanted to share with everyone about this? Um, I always like to um, leave with, you don't know what you don't know. So I always mm. like to tell anybody, right? Not just students, um, anyone who's curious and wants to know what is this mainframe that, you know, Reg and Sudarshan have been talking about is give it a try. You don't know what you don't know. And you might be surprised at what you learn and you might actually really love what you see and um, learn something new for the day. Cool. Thank you so much. Um, I'll be back with uh, another podcast next month. Uh, but in the meantime, check out the other content on Tech Channel. You can also subscribe to the weekly newsletters, webinars, ebooks, solutions, and more on the subscription page. I'm Rich Hallett.